Sunspots Comics now. This issue of the Sunspots Comics podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo at cryptidzoo.com. Cryptid Zoo is basically a t-shirt line that's uniquely and strangely infused with augmented reality, and it's inspired by cryptozoology folklore figures like the Bigfoot. All the shirts are designed and hand-screen printed on 100% cotton, pre-shrunk t-shirts by the artist and owner of Cryptid Zoo, our friend Julian Meyer. You gotta see it. You hover your smartphone over the shirt and it does stuff on the screen. It's pretty crazy. It just comes to life. You gotta see it. So please check out cryptidzoo.com and also... Use the promotional code Sunspots Comics. That's right, and you'll get 30% off your purchase. Most of the Cryptid Zoo shirts are about 27 bucks, so it's a great deal, and that's with tax and shipping included before the discount. So don't forget, use Sunspots Comics as your promo code on cryptidzoo.com, and you'll get a big discount, and that is C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-Zoo.com. Listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 130, covering the new comic books that came out this last Wednesday. New comic book day, October 25th, and this particular podcast is armed with love and a lasso of truth. I am your comic book loving host, Chris Latori. How you doing? You can't answer back. That's fine. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I hope that you and your loved ones are all doing well. From the bottom of my heart, I mean that. So, the Sunspots Comics Podcast, what is it? What's the gist, you ask? Well, using 99 years of comic book reading experience and presented in my own weird, positively charged way, I recommend, review, and discuss my favorite comic books, my favorite picks of the week, the best new comic books that just came out this week, the brand new stuff, and I sprinkle in a few other things, of course, all comic book related. Never miss an issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast by simply subscribing to it and following us on the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, all in one easy-to-find place at Sunspots Comics. That's right. Spread the word. Tell a nerdy loved one about us. We would appreciate it. A couple of quick thank yous. Of course, thank you to Nick Papa George for making our awesome, super great Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his band, Solution. He is the lead singer, head guitarist, or primary guitarist. guitarist. Go to solutionmusic.net for links to their music and upcoming show dates right now. Go do it. Well, maybe later. <laughs> and right now on this podcast, right now, you are listening to song number four of nine. I'll be playing it at the intro. I'm playing it at the outro, and it's titled Thieving Woman. It's from their newest album called Palm Trees and Freeways. I highly recommend the band Solution. If you love reggae, rock, ska, just feel good music in general, people that are skilled musicians, you're going to love Solution. I totally do. Check it out. Please see them on facebook.com slash solutionreggae. Thank you also to my son, Justin Jables Latori for his work on our spinoff podcast. It's called Sunspots Scene. They just actually loaded up episode number nine, so it's available now. It's my son Jables, his friends Moises and Matt. They call themselves the Kung Pao 3 Delight. I have no idea why. It's hilarious. Talk, they talk about movies, TV shows of all genres, not just comic books. So if you love movies, you're going to love it. At the very end, they play a hilarious game. There's always some chuckles there. So if you already subscribed to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, you're already going to get it. But maybe you want to hear it on SoundCloud or the other podcatchers. It's there as well. It's a fun time. Check it out and also follow them on Instagram at Sunspots Scene. And let's get into the Sunspots Comics Podcast issue number 130. Starting out with some stuff. Oh. Floating around up inside my nerd brain. The first nugget of nerd lodged deeply into my nerd lobes is S-L-L-A-C-C. That's right. All those letters stand for Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Con. Stan the Man was there, Dwayne the Rock Johnson was there, legends in the comic book biz, to name a couple, like Todd McFarlane. I mean, there was just so many vendors selling comics and toys and apparel and unique handmade art, and it was just overwhelming. I'm st I still feel overwhelmed, and it was, it was Saturday and Sunday. I mean, the row after row after row of nerd stuff is astounding. It's really growing into that number three sized Comic-Con behind SDCC and NYCC. It's crazy. 
it's it's simply the number third three maybe creeping into the number two spot i would say new york comic con is number two but i'm biased of course because i'm la bound la based but two highlights worth mentioning from slacc was that i got to meet two comic book creators very cool comic book creators i guess three or four uh two in particular come right into mind the first was david Popose. Popose? Peepos? sorry david he is uh, doing the Action Lab comic book called Spencer and Locke that I have loved. I have highly recommend. It's always a top pick when it came out. And it's called Spencer and Locke. It's based on the homage and homage of Calvin and Hobbes. If you love Calvin and Hobbes, you're going to love this. Check it out at Spencer and Locke, L-O-C-K-E at the end there. And of course, him, David, the writer, at P-O-P-O-S-E-D, proposed on Instagram. I have collected... Spencer and Locke from the very beginning. It's been like a high-ranked pick, like I said, of the week for a fast, a, a, definitely a past few podcasts. Worthy of your reading time. Go get it. Go get Spencer and Locke from, from Spencer and Locke from Action Lab. It's great stuff. Thanks again, David. It was super cool meeting you. And the second one that jumps in there is Bob Q, or I guess it goes by Bob Quinn, for his gorgeous indie-published comics called, there's a few, there's Pumpkinhead, Guntown and the Traveling Adventures of Kiri and Friends. You can find him at King of Smaster. King of's and then Master. I'm not sure how he pronounces it. His art is so good. He is on my radar from now on. Also, he's a Kings fan. Go LA Kings. Go Kings go. Which means that brings a little something special to me because I'm a hardcore LA Kings fan for over like 30 years. But I can't wait to wait to read all this. I bought the whole lot of his work. I, it was, he made a great deal. I couldn't pass up. It was a pleasure meeting you, Bob. I'm going to read your stuff and talk about it on a future podcast. Uh, check it out. His stuff is great. Uh, again, at King of Smaster on Instagram. They both, by the way, agreed to be on a future podcast. So I'm excited to book them and play the conversations right here on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. So for your listening pleasure, it's coming up soon. I also stopped by... Zach Kaplan's booth, the Image Skybound booth, he has a brand new comic coming out called Port of Earth. He did the comic book called Eclipse, but Port of Earth is coming. I was super excited about that. I posted something on Instagram just recently. I got to also meet Andrew McLean of Headlopper series from Image. So check that out on Instagram as well. Those are just some of the mentions right there. Oh, and I got to mention two super duper buys because I'm so excited about them. I got these gigantic art edition, these giant size 11 by 17 comic book hardcover collections. I grabbed the Jose Gonzalez Vampirella and the Marvel Monsters Unleashed. These things are ginormous, huge coffee table books. I'll post some pictures on, on Sunspots Comics Instagram very soon. But they were major steals. These books retail for over 100 bucks each, and I got them both for 30 bucks. I have to give a shout out to Ray at Gem City Comics. Hello, Ray. He told me he would check the podcast out. Check out their amazing prices on a ton of comic books at gemcitybooks.com. They do 60 cons or shows a year and sell thousands of books, primarily comic books. So thanks again, Ray. Thank you also for holding on to those books for me until the end of the show because together those two books probably weighed over 50 pounds. So thank you, Ray. And again, shout out Gem City Books, G-E-M-CityBooks.com. Tons of great prices. Check them out. They have like a major YouTube page or a eBay page. Phenomenal prices. And the next thing that's uh, on my nerd brain is Thor 3. Yes, Thor Ragnarok. I got my tickets to see it at the AMC Theater, Thor Ragnarok, uh, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok, coming, <laughs> coming soon, next Thursday, I got my tickets for 6 o'clock, the wife and I are going to see it, it's the opening night fan event, and you get to see it an hour early, you get 7 minutes of unseen footage, I'm going at, we booked it in the dine-in theater, which I love, so we can just sit down, and get there a little early, have a meal brought to us in those awesome like leather reclining seats, or pleather, it's what we absolutely love. It's just it's a phenomenal movie movie experience with the with the just kicking your feet up and saying garçon, bring me some more fries. I don't do that, but it would be great. And you just get this collectible Thor coin, which is kind of cool. You get a special Thor popcorn tin and like this Thor lanyard and like I said, seven minutes of unseen footage that you can't see, I guess, in a regular screening. I guess. And the other little added awesome factor is, of course, seeing the movie with the hardcore comic book fans, like myself. 
it adds a little something extra it really does you have to experience it if you haven't already and you're a comic book fan go to a premiere go to a fan event it will warm your nerd heart so i'm super excited i can't wait thor 3 coming out on thursday the early reviews are in people are loving it saying it's a ton of fun i love the fact that they've kind of stolen or, or running with we'll say the guardians of the galaxy kind of theme and feel and color palette and and music selection etc but that's fine ride the coattails as far as i'm concerned because those are great movies so thor 3 can't wait thor ragnarok this coming up thursday go see it get your tickets also uh oh well you know what at the same time it's crazy that uh marvel's coming out with the punisher i know they delayed it a little bit but i'm super excited to see and binge and go nuts with marvel's netflix the punisher so that's coming out i believe the same day that thursday uh november 6th next thursday so crazy two great things coming out uh or no maybe maybe I, that's right it's it's not coming out till justice league sorry so i had a lot of coffee i just realized i'm really running really running fast here but anyway <laughs> punisher comes out when justice league comes out that's cool so we can see them kind of both at the same time have a really awesome weekend but anyway also on my nerd brain is the walking dead is back from the dead i guess <laughs> uh season eight episode one mercy premiered last week they just had uh season or episode two as well that just uh came last because it's monday right now and podcast listener ruben wrote me an email and asked me to give my thoughts so i said okay fine i here you go ruben and everyone it's uh walking dead season eight issue issue, episode number one mercy was i felt it was like fragmented it was a, a bit of a kind of a mess with three or four different timelines or maybe they are flashbacks or daydreams or i don't know flash forwards or something that being said it had some great action rick was being a badass again just doing his rick thing i can't protect you rick <laughs> although he was still crying a lot a little bit i don't know some you know the red in his eyes i just hope they quickly clean up the timeline stuff stick to like a singular singular linear thread uh, please so those are my thoughts there i'm of course going to continue watching but i hope that episode two is better than the first one like i said picks a timeline and maybe they were just getting a little artsy fartsy in the director side of things for the first episode but there you go there you go ruben i told you i would mention it thanks for writing in uh there you go i hope you enjoyed that listener ruben a ruby dubin <laughs> also i'm a nerd brain image plus magazine volume 2 issue 3 just came out i always like to give them a little little smidge a little something when they come out because it's worth your time it's only two bucks go get it and this issue is 73 pages it just keeps getting bigger and bigger it's this awesome little magazine it talks mostly about image comics some noteworthy highlights of it right off the right off the bat from the back of the cover there's this fun little comic book page that uh, lovingly portrays the early days of image the foundation the founding fathers and the foundation of image as it's formed in comic book form it's very cool check it out there's also a awesome luther strode complete edition that's coming out one of my favorite comics like of all time super action packed it's coming out and there is an interview with the writer justin jordan and artist trad moore in here uh there's also a sneak peek an interview with creators of the very creepy an interesting title called ice cream man uh, i love the van halen song one of my favorite rock songs of all time but this looks creepy it has nothing to do with the van halen song <laughs> looks frightening uh written by w maxwell prince and lovely although horrifying art by martin morazzo oh and there's also a just a deep in-depth interview with southern bastards creative team jason aaron and jason latour uh they're um, it's it's insane the uh, the amount of depth in this interview it really gives you some great nuggets about the comic southern bastards so check that out and they finish it up of course with another installment of a little mini issuette of witches bad egg it's from scott snyder with the amazing art by jock if you haven't seen jock's art it will change your life for the better go check it out so awesome little mini issuettes at the very very end of the image plus magazine every month uh, this one is from Witches, Bad Egg. So if you loved Witches, it's a little spinoff of it called Bad Egg, written by Scott Snyder. So go check it out. It's really worth your money. I am looking for there to be a dud. There never is. Maybe not looking for it, but it's solidly consistent. It's well written. It's just smart, intelligent, beautifully put together, lovingly colored. Image Plus Magazine, issue number three, just came out. Go get it. It's worth the $2. And another thing lodged 
Up inside my nerd brain is some comic book movie and TV news. Two quick bits of news that I got jarred into my nerd frontal lobes. It was reported at Stanley's LA Comic Con that James O'Barr, the creator of the Crow comic book, said that the Crow reboot starts production in February of 2018. He really didn't announce what movie production company it's going with, or, or he mentioned kind of a potential to direct it, but nothing really set yet. And I'm super excited about this. I love the original heartbreaking and lovingly drawn Crow comic book and the original movie, which I can't believe it's been over 20 years. That's nuts. But um, James O'Barr wrote it and was seriously involved with all aspects of the first film, which is my favorite of the film, starring Brandon Lee, the son of my Sifu, my very sensei, Bruce Lee. I have been a huge fan of Brandon Lee's work and just him as a human being. He's such a unique, interesting person. YouTube him. Go look Brandon Lee up and watch his YouTube interviews. He's just a like his father. He's eclectic and interesting and down-to-earth and gritty and... Just a, just a really unique person to look at and listen when they talk. They just they fill the room. They're, they just take over. Um, I'm still sad and haunted to this day that Brandon Lee died tragically on the set of the Crow movie uh, due to this freak gun prop accident. So it still affects me. I still think about it. And both Bruce and Brandon are, are no longer on the plane of existence as of, as of now that we know. But so far, James O'Barr is saying that he is involved in every aspect of the reboot, which is really great and, and just gives me hope that there will be a great quality reboot because he wasn't a part or involved in the not very good Three Crow sequels that followed after Brandon Lee's death. So I'm super happy about that. James O'Barr is back in. He kind of had put his foot down that he wanted it to be rated R, which makes total sense. It shouldn't be anything but... So that's fantastic news. Bring on a new Crow movie. Bring on the Crow reboot now. But we gotta wait. They say February 2018, they should start production on James O'Barr's new Crow reboot. Super excited. And the second bit of conflict movie news is that Legendary Films announced that they are making a movie from the image comic book called Non-Player. The comic book is written, created, and just stunningly drawn, you have to see this, by Nate Simpson. And it's a mix of the Matrix, the kind of the Oasis uh, VR in Ready Player One, and Avatar. That would be the best way to describe it. So yes, it's a very kind of plugged into a computer reality kind of comic book. Issue number two of six came out June 3rd, 2015. I looked it up because I was like, when was the last time we saw a non-player? And that was issue two of six. That's the last we've seen of it. <laughs> so even the between one and two was like a year or so. So some crazy delays or stoppages or what, I'm not sure. So for Legendary to jump in to a non-player movie, they must really believe in the non-player story because there's just not much of it <laughs> of, that you can get right of as of now. But it was so amazing looking. This comic book, non-player, you have to go look at it. And I really hope they can capture... 20% of the visual tone of it because that would be a fun world to live in for two hours. So non-player, going to be a movie. Legendary has grabbed the option and they're moving forward with it. Like I said, Matrix meets The Oasis meets Ready Player One meets Avatar. That's how I feel about that. And that actually closes the comic book and movie TV news. Now, the last thing that's on my nerd brain is that I'm actually writing my own comic book called Zombie destroyers this is truly a just loving passion project of mine i've wanted to make a comic book since i was just a teeny weeny little child and i'm doing the writing the coloring the lettering and my friend jordan hudson is doing his gorgeous art please check out his instagram at jordan underscore hudson underscore art his art is amazing so the comic book's called zombie destroyers here's a fast little update we're working on the end of issue one the pencils and inks are done through page 26 we're doing some fine tuning just three more pages to go and issue number one is done I'm still in the process of learning some flattening, which thanks to a fellow named Jordan at Stan Lee's LA Comic Con, he gave me kind of a quick tip lesson, if you will, on doing some flattening, doing some coloring. So I've got my digital Huion tablet ready. I'm just uh, dabbling and playing with it and gathering together some colors and shades and textures and light as to how I want my comic book zombie destroyers to look. So there's a little update. Please take a look at some sample pages of my comic book on called Zombie Destroyers on sunspotscomics.com. Just go there, click on Zombie Destroyers. You can see the cover pages there, pages one through four, and this crazy picture of Jordan's dad, the artist of Zombie Destroyers. 
His father cosplaying at Rose City Comic Con as a Zombie Destroyers character. He father and mentor named Bruce that I created right out of my brain. It's so nuts good. It's crazy. You got to see it. So it's a dream come true to have someone one day cosplay a, a character I created. It's already there. So go to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers to see what it looks like. And also a mention, which I already said, uh, we have a little segment called Spotlighting. And Spotlighting is where we like to sit down with comic book creators that are just doing it, that are trying to do it and get into the comic book business. We can sit down, have a little nerdy chit chat about the comic book you're working on. So we want to help support struggling comic book creators out there like myself. So if you work in comics and you want to chat right here on a future podcast, just send me a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com or just message me on all the social media at sunspotscomics. So now on to my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books for new comic book day, Wednesday, October 25th. And of course, semi-light spoiler-ish alert. <laughs> that was too high. <laughs> but fear not. I seriously, seriously work hard to just make sure that I'm inspiring you to read these comic books without spoiling them. That's the whole thing. That's the whole plan here. I never discuss the last few pages. I just leave it alone. I don't go there. And I only discuss, discuss some of the interesting points that makes up a comic book. But just in case, super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish kind of alert. Also, to see it all, to just have it all encapsulated right in front of you, to see everything I'm reading, to see my favorite picks of the week, to see all of my top pick lists, since May of 2015 when I started the podcast, just simply go to sunspotscomics.com and you'll see everything there. I'm, I'm actually on my pull list. I have 107 titles. Click on the top comic books of the week to see all my past top picks. I really spent a lot of time simplifying it, making it easy breezy. I update it every single week. Super proud of it. Check it out. Just go over to sunspotscomics.com from time to time. And here we go now. Discussing the art winners. I always pick a art winner of the week and a cover art winner of the week. And this week the art winner was easily Stuart Eminem for Amazing Spider-Man issue number 790. This is top-notch, A+, the best of the best, Stuart Eminem. It's just not fair. His, his, his ability to draw such realistic physics, his amazing attention to detail, his respect, and it's sometimes like a playfulness to light is so unique and so fun. He does kind of a lens flaring thing, yes, uh, <laughs> that some people complain about in movies, but in comics it works right. It's just, you know, it's gleaming off the off the mask and off of the cool sort of eye fixtures on, on superhero outfits. But really, I mean, Stuart Eminem's attention to structure and to landscapes are just amazing. He does this, this, this is, it's his move, I love it, this hyper-focused far shots Better than anyone, because most of the time it's just kind of a sm smidge of colors to, to make a human in a car and whatever in the background. He just meticulously details those far shots, so it's like you always have that singular line of focus on a page. It's beautiful. And there is this single page splash of Spider-Man just shooting webs and swinging through New York that just makes me happy. It's so iconic and beautiful. You gotta look at it. But Stuart Eminem, top-notch just amazing easily the top artist winner this week go check out amazing spider-man 790 and this week's cover artist winner another one it's just not fair he's crushing it it's like a grand slam every time it's alex ross the cover artist for amazing spider-man 790 uh, check him out at the alex ross yes the he is a multi-cover artist winner of the week right here at the sunspots comics podcast what can i say he is, uh, his, his amazing, iconic art is really just top of the mountain when it comes to comic book cover art. This is probably his 20th Amazing Spider-Man cover, and he seems to have just really found the sweet spot. I mean, his strange, like, angles and camera shots as to, he must hold a camera and use it for sort of visual reference, because there's some weird angles that are like he's, like he's on a building, doing a front flip and then throwing the camera behind him. It's crazy, but there's some unique sort of angles and physics that you have to see with his with Alex Ross's covers. It's it's also the realistic coloring, I should say that as well. Um, he's always, uh, most of the time he does the coloring himself, but 
It's just very realistic. The light shadings are, are toned down. So it really gives it this realistic feel. And he, he is just a master at shading light and respect to light and how just air, how he always has this realistic approach to sort of how things look due to what happens to air when it hits it over distances. It's just amazing. Uh, it's just so much depth on each cover. Anyway, easily cover artist winner of the week, Mr. Alex Ross, the Alex Ross online everywhere. So check it out. It's a beautiful cover. Amazing Spider-Man 790. Easily cover winner of the week and the breakdown. Yes, I actually read 25 comics this week and only five of them <laughs> made it to the great ones recommendation list. So that's just uh, fair. It's just okay. So because of that, uh, sadly, I had to make some cuts to the, to the master poll list. So uh, yeah, that happens every now and then it does happen. New number ones. There was only one this week. It was Jughead The Hunger, and it did not make the top pick list this week. Although I can say it was good. I will definitely check out issue number two of Jer Jughead The Werewolf. That's ultimately what it is, but maybe it'll make the top pick list next week. We'll see, uh, or next month when it comes out. They're usually a monthly, but only num one number one this week, and it did not make it to the list. So... Let's get into my top comic book recommendations. This is the Great Ones list of comic books for New Comic Book Day, October 25th. I really do consider these the best of the best of the new comic books that just came out. So you should get these immediately. Now, on to the countdown. Here we go. Coming in at number five is Glitter Bomb, The Fame Game, issue number two. This is a story by Jim Zub. This is art from, I'm gonna mess this first name up, Jibril Morissette Fan. And, uh, man, amazing colors from K. Michael Russell, who is someone that I seriously follow to help me learn coloring for my own comic book, Zombie, Zombie Destroyers. Thanks to the recommendation from Jordan, who I met at Stan Lee's LA Comic Con. Hey, Jordan, thank you for recommending K. Michael Russell. His colors are gorgeous. So he colored this. And this is this crazy story about how fame and also this actual monster are monsters in this tale of how fame affects people how it can twist the world, how it affects paparazzi, but also there is this alien being that is killing people that are famous and killing people in the media because in the first sort of arc, it was this down or luck, you know, woman actress who was just being treated horribly, strange with all the uh, Harvey stuff, Weinstein stuff going on, that uh, this is also sort of a metaphor. It's sort of a direct reflection to how things going on in our world with the media, etc and how people are treated inappropriately in the, in the movie industry, or allegedly, anyway. So this is now where the babysitter is potentially now infected by this alien, and but she is also infected by fame. And it's just this interesting, unique story of how this, this girl who's raised by a single mom, you know, she's, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're, they live in a house of love, but don't have much and how she's a good young woman but is tempted by the monster that is fame and tempted by the monster that is out there killing famous people and paparazzi etc and she's sort of trying to stay away from it i love her reluctance she wants to sort of stay true to what her mom is telling her i love the relationship between mom and daughter here she's trying to take that path but she's got that teenage brain damage so she can't help herself <laughs> And she's, of course, has a phone and attached to it 24-7. So it's it's just sort of a little heartbreaking there that it's a it's a teenager trying to do the right thing, but it's just too tempting to sort of be famous and and to have her 15 minutes of fame. And so it's 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 also she's it very well could cost her, her life. If she gets mixed into this the wrong way, maybe this this strange glitter bomb fame monster will kill her. So I love that. I love that it's a complicated story about a single mom trying to raise her child. It's mixed in with some insane, over-the-top, you know, fantastical monster that's killing people in the media. <laughs> so it's just crazy. It's a it's a bat crazy story. If you like that kind of stuff, it's a little bit nuts. You'll love Glitter Bomb Fame Game. Check it out. Great stuff. And coming in at number four is the cover art winner of the week and artist winner of the week with. Alex Ross on the cover, Amazing Spider-Man 790 with Stuart Eminem doing the art and Dan Slott doing the writing. Super team. Fantastic. This is good stuff. So beautiful, beautiful art. Check it out. Check out the cover. It's gorgeous. Like I said, Stuart Eminem, amazing, nuts, cuckoo bird, crazy. But this is Peter Parker still dealing with the aftermath of Parker Industries collapsing due to him having to fight 
your superior Spider-Man, Dr. Octopus. And it's affected a lot of people in New York. A lot of people out of work. A lot of people affected by their buildings being smashed. A lot of people uh, physically hurt or have lost loved ones. And so, you know, Dan Slott's painted a really realistic picture of how Peter Parker has to deal with this mess. And he's liquidated all of his assets. There's very little assets left. He's trying to do what's right to, set, you know, help people out the best he can with what little money he has left. And so he's, it's this... Man, this awkward opening sequence of Peter Parker sitting in a boardroom apologizing again and again and again and again and again. It's like uh, this, it's like he's in hell. <laughs> it's like this is Peter Parker's hell, having to sit there and take the, the criticism. When he ultimately was trying to do the right thing and save the day, he had to sort of EMP his, his Peter Parker industry technology, which is like the popular uh, wrist phone in New York. And everyone's buying the tech. And it just kind of ruined a bunch of people's lives in in a lot of ways, just very, in, in silly ways that they just, they're upset because they can't, you know, get on their phones, etc. It's like the whole phone, the whole city's been EMP'd of all electronics in a way. But he's like in his own hell, sitting there just person after person, hearing their gripe, their, their, their cries, their, their griping for days on end, it feels like. And man, I just... I just felt for him in this sequence. You see it in the emotion in the eyes. You feel it in his posture and that, that amazing physics that is Stuart Eminem. So that alone is worth it. And then, like I said, he's like, I need to blow off some steam. Throws on the Spidey suit and just starts the whipping webs and and just swinging around town. And it's just lovely. Such gorgeous coloring. And this bad guy that's here, I love him. I want to say his name is Clash. Yes, Clash. And he was an ex-employee of Parker Industries. So he's just... You know, he's one of the, the employees that are just jilted by P.I. and he's upset about it. He wants to go after Peter Parker for that. He has a plan to just rob him blind. But the suit is very cool. It's it's just black and white and kind of on the... It just reminds me a little bit of Moon Knight. And he's kind of like a, like a shockwave sort of character where he can manipulate sound and sort of change it uh, at, at his very whim somehow. He was a scientist, so we don't know a lot about him. I just like the sprinkling of the introduction of this villain that is called clash i just like it it just feels fresh it's nice but the human torch is here he's trying to sell the baxter building which is is was the parker industries building and the human torch is not having it there's it's their legacy there there are statues of them there it's where he his family was there and it means so much to him but peter has no choice he's really trying to help everyone out after this implosion of parker industries so there's a little bit of action, but it's a little bit of, a, a little bit of drama as well, mixed in there with some action fight sequences with the Human Torch. Because yeah, it just gets heated. He's like, "You can't sell this building. I have to." They go back and forth. They go toe to toe, and what a cliffhanger at the end! Um, Got to keep reading. I love that it's 7.90. By the way, the Ode to Legacy numbering. I love it. I'm sure they're gonna do a $25 issue number 800 when it comes out. <laughs> so 10 more to go at regular price, folks. Get in there. It's going to happen. But get Amazing Spider-Man. It's been one of the best Marvel comics I'm reading. It's consistent. It's solid. It's uh, it's just so well done. Check it out. But here we go now into the top three comic books of the week. So here we go. The top three. Coming in at number three from Image Comics is Spawn. Issue number 279. This has been getting just better and better ever since artist Jason Sean Alexander took over. Check it out. It's kind of co-written by Todd he's kind of the scripter or additional scripting but also written by Dara Savage dare I say that right I hope <laughs> but anyway Jason Sean Alexander has this crazy just sort of very sketch like very real art styled speckly art like it's just gritty and dark and insane he, he just makes blood look so realistic and He's just so hyper-detailed and does shadows and darkness like no other. It's, he's just a gruesome, beautiful horror artist. It's gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. You have to see it. But we're getting the introduction to this new sort of villain faction here. Because Al uh, is trying to, Al slash Spawn is trying to hide out in Japan with Cyan. And Cyan's sort of emerging in powers as well. I think she's just been around Spawn for so long that she is sort of emanating his powers or maybe even has her powers through Spawn somehow. We don't have that completely defined yet. I did just kind of jump back into it. So, but for the most part, I guess this is just emerging where Cyan is, is starting to have powers. And this faction of uh, evildoers is something great. It's just crazy and scary. 
they have this uh, this this lab doctor that's injecting people that it's you know sort of this superhero serum if you will you either die horribly which there is a crazy death when they test this one person trying to see if he'll have superpowers it's insane not for the faint of heart it involves exploding stuff people but <laughs> anyway they are showing this sort of villain faction one that can just kind of turn to crows and turn to shadows that's totally nude by the way but uh, in shadow mostly and she's crazy and then they have this this other very creepy looking character uh, they don't have a name for this person yet but has just sort of this clown face and this this crazy sort of this this outfit that's just so dark and yeah it's hard to explain it just looks like a bunch of scars all over this sort of jacket and the face is just like all this white paint kind of looks like the crow in a way but it's this creepy slender man woman uh, very very frightening looking character and they kind of they attack spawn so you get to actually see some sort of action that's one complaint maybe i had in the past of spawn but you get to see him fight they attack him the crow lady attacks him so there's great battle sequence on the building tops in tokyo and you got to see that it's just worth looking at and she just she's like uh, the darkness is what she sort of reminds me of but she has crows that attack for her and so it's a great battle sequence between spawn and crow lady on the hilltops of uh, rooftops of Tokyo so you have to see that cyan finds out she has this crazy ability and it's sort of I think a first here so I don't want to spoil what that is but check it out and crazy 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 cliffhanger at the end of this but very action-packed I loved it I read it in about a minute and a half it felt like it just zipped right on by I'm like no I want more I love when that happens so that's why spawn is worthy of being the number three pick of the week go get it issue 279 I would start with 276 where Jason Sean Alexander jumped in great starting point go there read the last three or four top-notch stuff beautiful beautiful work spawn i'm so happy it's back on the list and back in my life i'm really enjoying it thank you todd mcfarland coming in at number two silver surfer issue number 14 from marvel comics this is the end of this historic run of this amazing team that is dan slot on writing michael allred on art and his wife laura allred on gorgeous colors this is very kirby-esque style of art it is just an homage to Kirby and just a love letter to Jack Kirby, Jack the King Kirby. So check it out for that alone. But man, it's just so Marvel Galaxy. It's just so out there. But this is like one of the most romantic comic books I have read in a very, very long time. This is about Don Greenwood and Silver Surfer as they travel throughout the galaxy going on adventures. But coming back to this loving family that Don Greenwood has in like Rhode Island I think is where it is quaint little beach uh, B&E that is just this warm and inviting family she has a twin sister that just had a baby as they go back and forth between spending some time they're grounded uh, from their space adventures for a moment like staying in touch with the family and battling with the how are things on earth when you're traveling the galaxy and you know riding comets and going through you know the Milky Way at light speed and how you then slow everything down and you know put your feet up and watch tv back at home in this loving family that don greenwood has well something happened to don greenwood this is a goodbye to don is all i'm going to really tell you without going too into detail but the goodbye is a silver surfer goodbye here it like it gave me chills it choked me up the eyes teared up a bit because you know they they put a galactic spin on saying goodbye to someone and so I don't want to tell you in what ways that are they saying goodbye because you should definitely read the last, you should read the whole run, all 14 of them. They're amazing, but at least read the last four or five because it kicks into a high gear as far as what they do galactically in their sort of adventure that they go throughout the galaxy and do. And then what sort of happens to their relationship? How can he maintain a relationship with a woman when he is Silver Surfer, the herald that he is and, and galactic fighter? How can you really stay in a relationship? It's really tough. So they kind of address that here. And what happens is very unique and very different. And yes, there's time travel involved and there is multiverse sort of involved. And there is a downloading of memory involved. There's Galactus involved. There's so many things just so kind of wacky and out there and galactic. But then it's, like I said, it's grounded in Don Greenwood's family and you get to kind of see what happens there too. So there's this great duality of like real life and this crazy, insane, imaginative, galactic, you know, space adventure. And it's just uh, sad that this historic run is over, but it's a reread for me. Like I said, 
it may be the most romantic comic. It spent the entire 14 issues on their love life and dating and, and galactic fights at the same time mixed in there. And uh, Don Greedwood is one that I hope, uh, in the way she said goodbye, will affect the Marvel Universe. That she will be the... the the shadow or the echo of her will cross over into other Marvel comics. I really hope that happens because it's something major that happens here. But it's it's glorious. It's romantic. It's it's an homage to, to Jack Kirby. It's beautiful stuff. Get it in collection. Read all 14 issues of Silver Surfer. It's been phenomenal. It was a tough, like, to pick the number one. I would say these are both number ones. But here we go now. The one that beat them all. The numero uno. The top of the mountain. The creme de la creme. <laughs> The one that beat them all this week. Number one is Nightwing. New Order, issue number three. This is from DC Comics, of course. It's kind of an Elseworld story, if you remember the DC Elseworld. And it's three of six. It's a little mini-series. It's a little sort of what if Nightwing was actually the head of all military for America, I think. I mean, it's set in Gotham, of course, but... There was this crazy giant battle with Nightwing. He got this crazy giant gun that basically killed or captured everyone with superpowers. Or the people that were left with superpowers worked for the government specifically uh, as robots doing exactly what they say. Or they'll put you in this sort of crazy stasis coma thing. And so Nightwing finds out that him and his wife have a child that has powers. The, the child, which I want to say his name was Jake, hid the powers forever. And now the powers, he came out. There was no hiding it. And so now there's this sort of moral conflict with Dick Grayson in that, hey, I'm the ambassador of arms for the world. Then I should be able to break the rule. I don't want to put my son in stasis. He's my son. And now it's like the this sort of machine of fascism that he's created has come to smack him upside the head. <laughs> and now he's on the run and realizing that maybe these were the wrong... He made the wrong decision with doing what he did. But he even makes a visit to Tim Drake and Tim Drake sort of reinforces, hey, you did the right thing. Look at the world now. It is a better place. There were constant, you know, city destructions with all these powered individuals and now we don't have that. And that's interesting in itself, that conversation. And then you also get to see Batwoman. So Cassandra Kane is there and she is also conflicted. She was supposed to be this ambassador of arms that is Dick Grayson and she kind of was put into that number two spot and sort of forgotten about. When she was this, her father is in the military, Colonel Kane, and she was supposed to be the ambassador at arms. So she's kind of jealous of Dick Grayson. But they have a history there too as being really good friends. But it's it's an, it's a conflicting relationship. It's a I love that little it's not black or white there. She she kind of is, is just muddled in the gray. Should she help him? She's sort of jealous of, of Dick. But but I should it feels like she's going to be the reluctant sort of savior here as Dick Grayson's on the run. And trying to save his son. And I love just the bat army. The fascist bat army that's in place here. That Dick Grayson has set up. Uh, not only just drawn very iconically and gorgeous. Uh, which by the way. Forgot to almost mention here. Uh, the team of written by. I want to say Higgins is his last name. This is one where they put the, the, the whole team again. Like on the very last page. Anyway I'll get to it in a second. But there's a fantastic action sequence here, a completely memorable action sequence with a Green Lantern. I don't want to say which one or who, but you should check it out. It's so exciting, so fun, so well drawn. Anyway, writing Kyle Higgins, artist Trevor McCarthy. Gorgeous, gorgeous art. And uh, there's some powered individuals that do visit here. Are they on Nightwing's side? Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But there's a great fight sequence here. How could Nightwing possibly take on a Lantern? Well, Nightwing has, uh, not only being this ambassador of arms, I keep calling him, he's powered up somewhat. So, he's an ultimate badass here, and that's what I kind of like, this, this older, sort of, this, uh, you know, peppered gray, uh, which is like streaks down the side of his head, which is crazy, long-haired, kind of mullety thing, but I just love that Dick Grayson has evolved into this super smart, you know, individual here that is, is maybe sort of regretting the decision that he made to wipe out all the superheroes. <laughs> uh, there's uh, even reference to what happens to Batman and so on, but it's just well put together, this what-if story, and it's just structurally uh, written in a way that's just so interesting, well-paced. It's just a lot of fun. You just love living in this what-if world. You know, continuity doesn't matter, which is kind of nice that it's a clean sort of mini-series in the DC world, but sometimes the continuity just gets so muddled and crazy and gray. 
It's none of that happening here. That's why it's easy. Easily the number one pick of the week. Nightwing, new order, issue number three. Check out those three issues. It's a miniseries. It's being delivered on time once a month. Not like the other, like Batman that's bi-weekly, Superman that's bi-weekly. You'll get a little time to breathe with this monthly, but they've already released issue three. So six, it's done. Check it out. Nightwing, new order. It is definitely, definitely worthy of your time, as they all are. Get the whole list. Trust me. So there you go. That's the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 130. Let me lock this vault door. There you go. So those are my new comic book recommendations this week. Those are the best of the new stuff for new comic book day, October 25th. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. Just do it. Walk into a store and say, I need these comics. Because Chris at Sunspots Comics told me so. Anyway, <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal recommendation, give me an email. Hit me up at chris at sunspotscomics.com. Is there a comic book maybe I'm missing? Maybe I should be reading something. Give me your advice. I'll actually read that on a future podcast right here. So also just for writing in, I'll, as a little thank you, I'll send you a little comic book prize for me. So send me an email. Also check out our blog, blog.sunspotscomics.com. My last one was a few weeks ago on my BB-8, like some superior customer service experience that I had with the folks at Sphero. Check it out. It's blog.sunspotscomics.com. Sign up for our email newsletter at sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And please, please, please tune in next week for issue number 131 of the podcast, where I will be reading a list of oh, 13 new comics next week for November 1st. That's not bad. It's a nice sized list. And there's, oh, and there's three new number ones that are coming out that I hope to get. And hopefully they are great so that I can recommend them to you. Yes, you. And here's a, just a quick sneak peek into some of the new awesome comics that are coming out next week for Podcast 131 for November 1st. In no particular order, The Walking Dead, number 173. One that I want to check out are number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters, issue number one. Superman number 34, Jetsons, number one of six. I hope that it's like the Flintstones that just recently came out, which is amazing, which is bonkers, but Jetsons issue number one of six. Extremity, I've been loving Extremity. It's one of my favorite picks constantly. Extremity number eight is coming out next week. Uh, another one that's kind of interesting from Neil Adams, Dead Man, issue number one, a Vertigo title from DC. We haven't seen one of those in a while, so I'm hoping to get that. And Darth Vader, issue number seven. Super excited about Darth Vader. It's been so good. I think it's the end of an arc as well. So that's just a smidge of some of the awesome stuff. It's going to be a solid stack of new comic books that are coming out next week. So subscribe, listen in, and tell a nerdy loved one to check us out here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast. By the way, if you missed any of the links that I mentioned, I will just throw them on the podcast show notes. So don't worry, they will be there. But ultimately, thank you so much for listening. I'm muchas gracias. I, I hope that I inspired you to buy some of these comic books because they are friggin' good. I'm telling you, not good. They're friggin' great. So they are worth your time and money. Please give a little back and help us here at the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Just go to iTunes, give us some friendly words, and hit us with a five-star review. It really helps. I'll read it on a future podcast. And personally, thank you again by mailing you out a little comic book something-something for me. So I'll leave you with track number four. From the band Solution, from the album Palm Trees and Freeways, it's called Thieving Woman. It just rocks. Check Solution out. So until next week, spend some time with the ones you love. Be like water, my friends. Stay nerdy. See you next week. Bye-bye.
Listening to the Hello Ha. Hello Ha. Uh, 